0: Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. And join me like he does each week as the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Levanowitz. It's Thanksgiving weekend, turkey day, got full, enjoying the dressing, and it's called dressing, it's not called stuffing. Pecan pie, had all the fixings. How about you, man? How was your Thanksgiving, sir?
1: It was all right, man. I'm a big foodie. I like to eat, trying to keep my figure up to eight. When it comes to my abs, I have eight of them, unlike you.
0: Yeah, you've got a... 8-pack, and I've got a keg. Damn right, a keg, man. A keg is always better. A <laughs> keg is always, damn always right. better. Damn right. Alright, we got a few games to get to from last week before we just go straight into playoff mode, because some things happened last week. There was some, just some head scratchers, the SoCon SoCon. Let's just get right to some of the action from one week ago. Up first, South Dakota State 35, Missouri State 17. Stone, just another ho-hum type victory day at work for the number one ranked team in the country.
1: is exactly what it was. It's exactly what it's going to be. Be uh, I think this team's primed, ready to rock and roll. Jimmy's got these boys going right now. Um, not much to see here in the words of Kevin Marshall when it comes to the game against Missouri State. Mark had a day, our Offensive Player of the Week, nationally recognized that is. That's, of course, presented by Northwestern Mutual. Uh, Over three in the air. Scored in the air and on the ground. So Mark doing what he does. He's uh, prepped and ready to go. But yeah, 35-17. Pretty good scoreline. We did talk about it. Staying a little low for the most part because trying to keep some guys healthy and whatnot, but no sweat.
0: Number three, Montana, 37. Number two, Montana State, seven. I was president at this, and Stone, this thing was over with pretty much from Jump Street. It was the exact 180 degree opposite from what happened in Bozeman last year. And the Grizz, man, I'll tell you something. That's a football team. Nobody wants to play right now. Clifton McDowell's doing his thing and the defense is playing extremely well. They were not intimidated by what Montana State was going to try to do which was just line up and run the damn ball right down your throat and then line up and run the damn ball right down your throat again. It just didn't happen. The Grizz defense stood tall. The offense was outstanding. This was a signal victory for the Montana Grizzlies. I think this is a team that can get the Frisco.
1: You're damn right they can and I know they think the same thing in that locker room. Every staff, anybody in that facility thinks that's the truth. Clifton McDowell was the reason they're here. He's going to be the reason they make a run. And if they win the whole damn thing, he'll be the reason for all of that. Uh, Clifton McDowell was really good. He seems like he just rises to the occasion, plays in big games, obviously walked into the Kibbe Dome and slapped them around. This result though, surprising? Yes. Super surprising? No, not really. They are more well-rounded than Montana State. If Montana State can't dominate you in the line of scrimmage, there's no really way they can beat you. And what I mean by that is if they find themselves down... On the score line, they can't climb back into it, right? You're not just going to throw one of the guys in there. What they find themselves in situationally is run on first down, run on second down. Who knows who's behind center on third down, but try to convert and move the chains here. It's not a recipe for success. And they got exposed by Montana. The Grizz are rocking and rolling right now, man. Uh, they deserve every bit of respect they're getting.
0: And I mentioned just a couple seconds ago with the SoCon's going to SoCon. I think the only thing I was shocked about this, Stone, about these results and that bottom teams beat top teams was that it took until the last week of- the regular season for it to happen, right? Uh Walford 19, number four, Furman 13. Walford ran out a freshman quarterback who'd been hurt most of the year. Furman didn't have any film on him. He played pretty good. And Furman was without Tyler Huff and Dominic Roberto. Two pretty big fellas to be without. Not an excuse. They still should have handled Walford, whose only win of the season before this game was the week before in Charleston at the general against the Citadel, who's horrible. And they beat Furman, the number four ranked team in the country. Those kids play their guts out for Sean Watson, and they have each and every week. Furman, you just scratch your head and go, wow, what could have been? We could have been the two seed. We could have been the three seed. And now, if you want to make it to Frisco, if you still feel like you have that kind of a team, well, it just becomes a little bit harder. You might have to make a visit to Missoula.
1: Yeah, I mean, losing to Wofford's nothing short of humiliating. I don't care who's in the lineup. I don't care who's out of the lineup. It really doesn't matter. You got to beat Wofford. But I will say this, especially with a guy like Clay Hendricks at the helm, this helps them. Games like this, results like this helped me. When I was playing like you do need to get slapped In the face punch in the mouth and your weaknesses Do need to be exposed and put on tape for Everybody to see right it humbles you and it allows You to kind of reset Redial in hold your breath while you get the Crosshair set up on who's next so I Like that they lost this game for that reason but Nonetheless you shouldn't be losing that game they were 1700 on the money line it was Wofford that we're speaking about here, folks. Wofford. Uh, struggled to even win a game this year, so hate that for Furman, but I do think it propels them into the playoffs.
0: The Virginia Military Institute, 27, number nine, Western Carolina, 24. Cole Gonzalez gets hurt. Western has to run out a quarterback who hadn't taken snaps, didn't look good, and VMI took advantage of it. They really did. And, you know, the coach of the year ballots are out and, and, and everything, and I know they'll probably go to, you know, one of the guys who's won 10 games or 111 games or, you know, uh, but I don't believe if anybody's done a better job in FCS football this year than Danny Rocco's done at VMI to be where they were last year and to finish this year at four and four in the SoCon five and six overall, that's a hell of a job that Danny Rocco did at VMI. He's a football coach stone.
1: I mean, what the hell, what the hell I, I get it. Cole Gonzalez on the sideline wearing a sling, but the same things can be said. I will copy and paste my take from the Wofford and Furman game with this game, right? Between the key debts and the catamounts like this is just downright humiliating. You can't let this, these things happens. And, And now we have to have the conversation Did Western Carolina get snubbed. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case, right? They're going to get the same treatment Florida State's kind of feeling right now. Jordan Travis goes down. Now we're questioning, are they even eligible for the college football playoff? Like, can they contend? And I think that's what the committee had to decide with Western Carolina because without Cole Gonzalez, they're not the same team. Um, Tough result, tough loss. (laughs) Uh, VMI dropped 27 on you and you scored 24 points. Hate to see it from my boys uh, rooting for them all season long. I I thought they were sleeper midway through the season to winning a national title. That's not the case. We move though.
0: And here are National Players of the Week brought to you by Northwestern Mutual. The FCS Nation Radio Offensive Player of the Week is Mark Gronowski, the quarterback from South Dakota State. Gronowski threw for 323 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another score. That's the seventh time this season that Gronowski has thrown a touchdown. That's the seventh time this season Gronowski has thrown a touchdown and ran for one. And it's the 21st time in his career. He's done those two things in a football game. The FCS Nation Radio National Defensive Player of the Week brought to you by Northwestern Mutual is Jack Kelly, the linebacker from Weber State. Last week, Kelly had seven tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for a loss, a forced fumble, and an interception. Congratulations to Mark Ranowski from South Dakota State and Jack Kelly from Weber State for being the FCS Nation Radio National Players of the Week, brought to you by Northwestern Mutual. And here is the FCS Nation Radio final regular season top 25. Number one, South Dakota State. Rising to number two, the Montana Grizzlies. Number three, South Dakota. Rising to number four, U. Albany. Number five, the Idaho Vandals. Falling to number six, Montana State. Falling to number seven, the Furman Paladins. Rising to number eight, Villanova. Number nine, North Carolina Central. And rounding out the top ten, North Dakota. Number 11, North Dakota State. Number 12, Sacramento State. Number 13, the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Number 14 is Florida A&M. And rounding up at top 15, the Chattanooga Mock. Number 16, Austin P. Number 17, Mercer. 18 is Youngstown State. Number 19 is Southern Illinois. And number 20 is Gardner-Webb. Number 21, Tarleton State. Cracking the pole for the first time this season. Number 22, the Richmond Spiders. Number 23 is UC Davis. Following the number 24 is Western Carolina. And rounding up the top 25 is Lafayette. And here are the seeds for the 2023 FCS playoffs. The number one seed, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number two seed, the Montana Grizzlies. And if you're you're the number one or the number two seed, you have home field advantage all the way until the national title game. The number three seed, South Dakota. Number four, Idaho. Number five, U-Albany. Number six, Montana State. Number seven is Furman. And number eight is Villanova. Well, here are the matchups this week in round one. Gardner-Webb is at Mercer. The winner goes to number one, South Dakota State. Lafayette is at Delaware. The winner goes to number two, Montana. Sacramento State's at North Dakota. The winner of that one goes to number three, South Dakota. Nichols is at Southern Illinois. Winner of that game goes to Idaho, the number four seed. North Carolina Central is at Richmond. Richmond. The winner of that one goes to upstate New York to take on the number five seed U Albany. Drake is at NDSU, the winner to Bozeman for number six Montana State. Chattanooga is at Austin P, the winner to Greenville and number seven Furman. And Duquesne is at Youngstown State. The winner goes to number eight Villanova. It's time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, Lucas Sim and Gene Clemens will join us and we'll talk about who got snub, who's a dark horse, and who we got to win. The national title game on seven January down there in Frisco, Texas. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. In the Division One Football Championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, out hustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity, and it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. Joining us for this segment is the co-host Stone Lebanowitz. Mr. Gene Clemens, and also Lucas Sim. Gene has done a fine job covering the southeastern region of FCS football for our website, fcsnationradio.com, and Lucas Sim is our national writer for our website, fcsnationradio.com. Well, fellas, we're here. Playoffs. First round, there are some intriguing games. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Stone and I are going to preview the games in the next segment. If you had to circle some teams that were snubbed from this thing, and Gene, I want to start with you first. Uh, who are the biggest snubs that you got from this playoff field? Teams who should be in it but aren't.
2: It, it's hard to say people got snubbed when you're looking at the Missouri Valley Football Conference with six teams in it, you know, and, and dominating the dominating the board again. They should just start calling it the Missouri Valley Football Conference playoffs and stuff. of the the fcs playoffs if they're just going to put all all of the teams in but i think a team like holy cross really got it and i think this is the interesting part right we want to see teams flex their muscles. we want to see them stretch we don't see a lot of teams do it, but a team like Holy Cross did. They took Boston College to the wire. They played tough versus Army. Those are two losses, though. They could have easily put some bum on the um, on the schedule. And then now their, their their overall record looks different. And then maybe they get one of those at-large bids. But you can't tell me that after what we've seen Holy Cross do and build this program over the last few years. Remember, two years ago, they got a bum seeding that they didn't deserve. Last year, they got a better seeding. They were able to, to advance. This year, they get snubbed where I think they may actually have one of the most prolific offenses when everything's clicking in the FCS. They have one of the most dynamic players at quarterback. They've got one of the most dynamic players at linebacker, both of which have since said, hey, it's time for us to, to hit the road. So I think if I'm looking at a team that, that should be in the dance that's not in the dance. I'm looking at Holy Cross.
0: Well, Gene, what do you say to a team like Albany who had two FBS games scheduled and in a tougher conference than those Crusaders? Let me preface that by saying that, yes, because one of those FBS teams was Hawaii. They got to play in extra game, uh, So their overall record looks a little better, don't it?
2: Albany is, is Holy Cross's son. Like, Albany is birthed because of what Holy Cross has been able to do. It's not like Albany just came out of nowhere. They're getting love. They're getting recognition. They got a higher seed this year, their first year actually doing something than Holy Cross received. So, like, if we're looking at a team, yeah, it's great. And I think Albany deserves everything that they've, that they've received this year. I don't think head-to-head Albany beats Holy Cross. I actually think Holy Cross probably beats Albany by a couple touchdowns. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint of I've seen what Holy Cross done, has done. I've, I've watched how they build their program. I know the players in that program. I think not only did they deserve to be there off of merit, but they would have been a better story and probably better competition going into the playoffs.
0: Lucas, who got snubbed, in your opinion, from this field of 24?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with UC Davis for the second year in a row. Gene, obviously, Sac State gets in over UC Davis. And I think it goes to beating an FBS team like Stanford. That's probably mainly what it came down to. If you're going to schedule you know, those types of teams, you better hope you get one. And um, give and take, I know what you're saying, they took them down to the wire, but they had two chances and lost both of them. And obviously, now your resume is not looking as good. Um, that's just how it's going to be. If you're going to schedule two of them, you better hope you get one. Otherwise, you got to go, you know, pretty much undefeated the rest of the way. Um, And but I go with Davis because this is the second year in a row. Now, last year, they get in over the Grizz. I think it was pretty much a consensus opinion that they should have been in um, over Montana. And now the same thing happens to them this year. They beat Sac State uh, pretty handedly last game of the year. And then Sac gets in over them. And I think it just comes down to, um, again, maybe beating Stanford. But I think it goes like bigger than the numbers. And you really got to dig into it with Davis. They're they're missing land Larison for a big chunk of those conference games. Um, arguably the best player in the big sky, offensive player of the year in the big sky. Um, and now when you, you get to the playoffs, you look at that, the conference's best player isn't even, you know, in the dance. So I just think they got it wrong with that one.
0: Well, Lucas, uh are you going to approach coach Hawkins differently at media day this year than you did last year? That was that's a great story you should tell it.
3: Yeah, I went. <laughs> I wrote a little bit about that in my story, but you know, I told him at media day this year before the season started, it seemed like last year, um you guys could have beat anyone or could have lost to anyone and he said, "What games did we drop that we should have won?" And he kind of came right back at me and he was right about that. They lost some tough teams. There's FBS in there. They lost SDSU. Um, they definitely took a step backwards from last year, I think, as far as uh, overall resume. But still, I think they're a playoff team. I, I can't find one reason that Sac State should be in over UC Davis besides, I guess, beating an FBS team. But uh, granted, that was a charged game. They're playing their old coach who left them. So um, yeah, that was a big win for them. But when you look at the head-to-head, same record, I think it's got to be Davis.
0: Stone, what about Western Carolina? They were our darlings there for about a month, Where- But uh, they just could not pull it out against VMI. We talked about that in segment one. Uh, last week. Uh, Did Western still do enough to maybe be in the field?
1: I mean, they definitely did not do enough, right? Now they're getting some of the Florida State treatment we're seeing with them getting put at five, right? Because Jordan Travis can't contend. Uh, Cole Gonzalez is wearing a sling on the sideline, so Western Carolina at that point becomes useless. They definitely didn't do enough. Dropping a game to VMI is inexcusable. You can plug me in there right now. I'll probably beat VMI. Um, So Western Carolina, I don't think they got jobbed. I don't think they got snubbed, but tough way to end the season down the stretch for them. I think a lot of it had to do with Desmond Reed missing three, four weeks or whatever it was. They need him on the field, and the fact that they didn't, it showed, and they lost games. They shouldn't have. Simple as that.
0: Man, the arrogance of quarterbacks right there. Labanowitz, two years off the field, he's like, just plug me in there. I could beat the Institute. I mean, that's something else. That's something else. That's something else, man. Let's move right along. Gene, let's go back to you. I wanted
1: to give Gene love on Holy Cross. I mean, they okay, unequivocally. Well, well, go ahead the- then. They're unequivocally the answer here when you're talking about getting snubbed. There are teams in there. I'll put it like this: I'll go through the bracket, right? With a a team like Youngstown State, who wouldn't be in, who wouldn't be dancing if they didn't beat Southern Illinois. I think they're probably the one that I look at who who took Holy Cross's spot. And if you were to plug them in the bracket, we talk about the college football playoff for the FBS kind of being a TV show, right? We want storylines and narratives like Gene hinted at. If you plug them in a Youngstown Youngstown State spot, they play Duquesne, they'll beat Duquesne. If they do beat Villanova, now you have a South Dakota State rematch in a, a quarterfinal, and I think that's what what we want. I think they're the team who was built for it. They're really top heavy. A lot of seniors I don't even have to go down the list of guys like Joshua Dobbs and, and Matthew Saluka. I don't even have to do it. Coker, all those guys, they were ready for battle. I think they're the team that got snubbed here. Leaving them out was uh, almost illegal in a spot like this. And now they're going to, you're going to see two of their best players go FBS, group of five, whatever it is. Uh, they're the team that got snubbed. There's no doubt about it being Holy Cross.
0: And what a difference a year can make, right? I mean, uh, last year, you know, it was me mostly and you a little bit to cry in the fact that a Patriots. League team was going to get a seed, and this year, you know, I think that programs earned a lot of our respect, and I think they've earned a lot of respect nationally.
2: Hey, put some respect on the person who, who who's been riding for them for the last two to three years, though. I mean, I that's, said it that's back that Coach, Coach Gene
0: Clements, hey, Coach Gene Clements, that's right.
2: Hey, a couple of years ago, I said Holy Cross got a got a raw deal on the seat on the um in the playoffs, and y'all said they were lucky to even be in the dance. Even last year, when y'all said, "Oh, they're going to be seated," I was like, "They're not seated high enough." This year, they don't even get in, and and they have have all of those same elements back i think it's a i just think it's a miss on on a committee that seems to miss every single year i'm not saying it's an easy job i'm saying that i could do it better than the people who are doing it right now all right lucas let's go to you dark horse to get to frisco man
3: yeah i'm gonna go in north dakota state i just think
0: uh wow go out on a limb there sim <laughs> wow no. i'm gonna well, pick I'm just, the team that's won nine of eleven recently dark horse. i'm
3: just saying at this point that's what the season's done for them though it's turned them into a, a team that people are kind of dismissing and i don't think you can do that because at this, we had articles written out of Fargo about how this is the end of their dynasty and they're going to have to, you know, start finding it again. And I think that uh, they can find it right here in the playoffs where they've always been a tough out. And uh, you know, as uh, Cam Miller and Zach Mathis and that defense that plays as hard as they do, as hard as they run it with multiple backs, like they're just going to be a tough team to play. And people are talking about, Oh, they're going to have to go on the road. They haven't gone on the road since 2010. They do not care. I'm here to tell you, they do not care. So I think NDSU could uh, very easily find their
2: way back to frisco how about you what's their road road record
3: i don't know you tell me
2: Uh, i can tell you it's not great that's why they're in the situation they're in right now and i I think that you say cam miller and i say that cam miller is the reason why they're not winning a a championship like i don't care what i said it last year when he came to the when he came to the turn i said you've got to get better than him you've got to recruit better you got to plug somebody in better than him they didn't they said let's run it back with that dude the same and guess where they're at now they're sitting they got to fight they got to go to other people to play um it's just going to be tough for them. I, i don't like it at
1: all yeah north dakota state fans quote tweeting cam miller stat sheet every week talking about man he's been great i mean you're looking at like 13 of 18 for 215 yards and two touchdowns it's the north dakota state syndrome uh, I agree with everything Gene just said. I do think Cam Miller's holding them back right now. But the nine of the last 11, they're definitely worthy of a, a plug there, Luke.
2: All right,
0: Gene, your dark horse to get to Frisco. I,
2: I think I think when we talk about it, I don't really I, I don't really see a lot of dark horses coming out of this thing. I think it's going to be a lot of the, of the guys that we all really expect to make a run at the tournament. But I will say that Furman is intriguing. Whenever you lose a game that you're not supposed to lose down the stretch, it gives you an opportunity to kind of refocus, to recalibrate. And, and get ready for that stretch run. I think they have elements on their team that work well in a four-playoff run. They have the ability to um to run it. I think that they have a better ability to pass it than what people are giving them credit for. And I think that they have a defense that can hold up. Now, can they hold up versus some of those run-dominant teams that are going to come at them in in waves in the playoffs? That's, that remains to be seen. But I think that they're a team that might be able to, to kind of get it rolling and run off a few. And I... Not for nothing. I like their path. Their path isn't exactly the most like daunting path of, of teams that are in this in this playoff.
0: I don't know. Uh, living where I live, you know, one of the best things about moving away from South Carolina was I didn't see that diamond death anymore everywhere. You know, and, and, and the fact that in a couple of weeks, if, if things, uh, you know, uh, go as they probably should or people think they will, those people are going to come find me. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted stone. Uh, Who you got winning the national championship right now?
1: Dark horse first, Kev. Uh, I'd go Idaho Vandals. Let's look at the odds here. Idaho at plus 2,500. That qualifies as a dark horse. Uh, Gene Clements with Furman at plus 7,500. Like Those are dark horses. It is very top heavy, as Gene did point to. North Dakota State, I don't think is eligible at plus 700. But I think if I'm presented plus 2,500 odds, right? If I can lay a buck and get back $2,500, consider that a dark horse. Like It's almost a flyer. Another team that I'm looking at here is Drake. I love Drake. Uh, no, seriously, I, I think it's Idaho. Uh, I like the path. Obviously, you're gonna have to beat some teams. I think they beat Southern Illinois pretty easily. And then if it's Albany, North Carolina Central, Richmond, it don't matter. Everyone will roll their eyes. Idaho, not a dark horse. Like we're talking about Idaho. They're plus 2500. Like this is what the sports books are presenting me. So that's who I would take a stab at.
0: Well, I got South Dakota State winning the title. Does anybody uh, disagree with me on that? No, no, no I wouldn't think okay. so. And 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 that gap is pretty significant. And so, Gene, we went to the Sac State game together. Stony and I have been to Brookings together. Uh, Lucas. And I went to the Brawl of the Wild together last week. So, uh, looking forward to getting the whole group together down in Frisco uh, for the national title game. We'll be down there starting on Thursday night, and it's going to be a heck of a time. Y'all should join us down there in Frisco for the national title. It's time for us to take a very quick break. and we come back, Sona Banowitz and I will preview the playoff games taking place this week. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetta Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I want to thank Gene Clemens and Lucas Sim for being here in the last segment. thought they brought a lot to the table. You'll be hearing more from them as we advance in these playoffs. It's time for the preview segment. Stone Labanowitz and I will preview the first round games taking place this week in the FCS playoffs all these games are available for you to watch on ESPN plus first up Gardner Webb is that Mercer the winner of this ball game goes to number one South Dakota State in Brookings Stone we got some good stories in this ball game here right Gardner Webb quarterback goes out middle of the season Jaden Brown comes in they don't miss a beat they lost a tough game to Tennessee State did the running Bulldogs and all they did was just rattle off a bunch of wins after that and Mercer since restarting the program this is their first ever time making the fcs playoffs they didn't win the socon which was goal one but they accomplished two of their season goals so congratulations to both of these teams for being here and when we get down to brass tacks for this football game it's at mercer that'll be an advantage for the bears but gardner webb They're not intimidated by going on the road. If you all recall, they went on the road last year and eliminated Eastern Kentucky in a game that uh, you know score was in the 40s. So we know Gardner-Webb can put up points. Their defense is okay. Mercer has two really dynamic wide receivers. The quarterback play has gotten better. And I think their offense is peaking at the right time. Mercer is a dangerous team, but so is Gardner-Webb. This should be a really good ball game down there in Macon, Georgia, sir.
1: Yeah, Mercer favored by a field goal. Uh, I think it's a little low. I'll be taking a stab at that. I like Mercer here. I think the team's playing with the chip on their shoulder. I don't think much conversation is to be had uh, with Gardner Webb that plus 50,000 to win a national championship. They get in, right? We can have the conversation about automatic qualifiers all we want. Hopefully Gardner Webb fans aren't listening to this because they will hate me. I just just don't think much of them, nor do I want to give them any breath. I I am personally a guy who doesn't like the automatic qualifier stuff. I think at some point it'll come to an end, but Gardner Webb's known for scoring points. They can do it on the ground and in the air. Offensively, they're pretty well-rounded, but they'll run into a really good Mercer defense, and I think that defense stays stout. I like Mercer minus Three. I think Mercer wins this game. Like I said, they're playing with some juice right now. Their head coach was really vocal. They weren't even sure if they were going to get in, and they got in. So I think they got a point to prove.
0: Well, Gardner Webb ain't Drake. They ain't Duke. They're not Drake. They're you not Duke. You know, yeah. You know, but, you know, they're, I mean, this is a team that is more than capable of going to making and beating Mercer. They are. And they it, most definitely and, are. They're plus three, any, right? They're,
1: pl- they're yeah, plus 120 yeah. on the money. Like, I think they can yeah. definitely do it. I don't, I just yeah. don't care.
0: And anybody who takes them lightly is, 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 is not being smart. Trey Lamb's a good coach. He'll have those boys ready to go and fired up, and maybe they'll have a little extra juice, Stone, because the head coach when Mercer restarted the program was his daddy, Bobby Lamb, and Mercer fired his daddy. I don't know about you, Stone, but if somebody would have fired my daddy, I'd want to beat their ass. And I know that that's something that Gardner-Webb, the running Bulldogs, and Trey Lamb are going to try real hard to do. Lafayette is at Delaware. Well, Stone, we spilled a, a lot of airtime or a lot of ink if we were scribblers. Thank goodness we're not. We leave that to Clemens and to Sim about Holy Cross in the last segment. And a lot of it was warranted. Well, this is the team that bested Holy Cross for the Patriot League title. Lafayette, they're going to Delaware. Delaware's coming off getting embarrassed by Villanova. Lafayette got a shot here.
1: Delaware is favored by double digits, uh, rightfully so. I believe, uh, yeah, I think because I'm a huge fan of Holy Cross and because I do think Holy Cross got snubbed, I'm going to try my best to fade Lafayette. Uh, I think Holy Cross is deserving. I know they got bested by them like you had brought up. I don't think they can get it done. Short answer, trying to answer your question, Kev. I don't think so.
0: Well, the winner of this ballgame is going to go yep. here to Missoula to play the Grizz. So there'll be a lot of people who are very interested in, in this ball game. And Delaware, kind of like Southern Illinois to me a little bit. Who are they? You know, they've looked extremely good. And then last week, you know, you're playing for a seed and Villanova beats you that badly. You score one touchdown in that ballgame when you've been putting up points in the 30s and the 40s. I don't know. There could be some big problems with Delaware. We'll find out. Sacramento State is at North Dakota. The winner of this one goes to number three, South Dakota. Stone, these are two teams. Sac State, I have not been real high on all season. And North Dakota is a team that you have not been real high on all season. We both might be a little biased when we're trying to describe what's going to happen with this game, right? But Sac State, they make a quarterback change. Uh, Didn't really help them against Montana. Uh, But they finally gave the reins to the freshmen a couple of weeks ago. And it certainly didn't work against UC Davis last week. So Sacramento State's a team that's come stumbling into these playoffs. North Dakota, kind of the same deal. They have not been the same football team since they demolished North Dakota State, and their coach cried. So, uh, you know, I- I'm just, I- I'm just very apprehensive about both of these football teams. And the one thing that I think helps me try to figure out who's going to win this thing is that the ball game is in Grand Forks, and North Dakota is two touchdowns better in their building than there are anywhere else. Why the big difference in between those two? The home and the road. And I get it. It's usually three points, right? Home field advantage is usually three points. So
1: they say, I don't believe in that whatsoever, but that is something that people use, sure.
0: But for North Dakota, it may as well be 14. They are so much better in that building than than they are anywhere else. It's not even close. So Sac State's going to come in there limping. North Dakota is at home. I can't see any reason here for me to think Sac State's going to win this thing.
1: I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I'm not high on North Dakota. I'm not high on Sac State, but I will say this. Sac State has a better chance at beating South Dakota than North Dakota does. So for that reason, I lean Sac State. North Dakota favored by a field goal and a hook. Surprising to me, no, not really, like you had mentioned. Maybe it's because they're playing at their crib. I I just, I'm not very high on North Dakota. And if Sac State can find a way to get their ball in their skill players' hands and dance around some of these kids... I think they can come out of this game victorious Uh, I like Sac State here, I'm going to take a stab at them as well, but North Dakota if they can tune it up, dial it in it's time for the playoffs, they have a lot of playoff experience, Uh, the entire staff does as well, this is a tough one to pick to be completely honest with you, because you have two teams who aren't that talented, a Sac State team is really banged up, really tough to pick this one for both of us, right, we've been low on both of these teams, and for that it it makes it a tough choice, but I like Sac State, Uh, I think they have a shot, like I said it's got to be on the offensive end, right, you got to jump out to a 17 10, 17 7 lead and, and try to hold it because North Dakota is not going to come out of the gates firing. I don't think so. I like the Hornets here a little bit, Kev.
0: I'm, I hate to say it. Nichols is at Southern Illinois. The winner of this one goes to play the Idaho Vandals. And Nichols, uh, Southland Conference champion, and friend of the program says that he just calls them the Southland because they don't play no D. And, you know, that there may be some truth to that. Uh, but Southern Illinois, I, I again, I. I I've spent now 12 weeks trying to figure out who this football team is. Who are these Salukis? And I'm beginning to think that now they might be that team that isn't very good. You know, that may be who they are. Or they may come out this week and put up 45 points. You just don't know. And that's been a problem for them. It's consistency. The talent is there. Especially in the skill positions, as you've gone on about this season ad nauseum, you know? So uh, you love you some Southern Illinois skill position players, right? But can they dial it up at home in Carbondale in the playoffs against Nichols? Or is this going to be a team that's going to maybe try to win this game 17 13? Which one is it?
1: It's a good question. And I think that right there, what you just ended it with, is the question to ask. I'm trying to figure out how bad Southern Illinois is going to beat Nichols. I'm having a hard time doing that because I haven't laid eyes on a single Nichols football game all season. Season long, I seriously don't have a stinking clue who they are, who plays quarterback who their best defender is, I, I, I don't have a clue. I, I'm curious to see if Nick Hale and Blake are all in the two guys who handled the offense for the Salukis, empty it out, or do you keep it close to the vest because you have Idaho on deck and Rob is going to be traveling to the Kibby Dome. So they'll beat up on Nichols. I'll sit here and complain about the automatic qualifiers as much as I can this episode, and just to show the audience, show FCS Nation how upset it makes me every year because there are a lot of teams that deserve to be dancing that aren't dancing. I don't know. Questions more so about Southern Illinois that I hope we get answered, but Nichols, I shrugged my shoulders, Kev. I'm sorry. I don't know.
0: North 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 carolina central is at richmond the winner of this one heads to upstate new york to take on the number five seed u albany this one intrigues me sir there's like three games this week who really i'm like this is must watch fcs football this is one of them the gardner webb mercer game is another one uh north carolina central davius richard man he's good and richmond this is a team's won six ball games in a row okay in the caa now the schedule was very kind to richmond very kind indeed, Stone. But they still won six in a row. They had to go out there and win the ball, ball games, right? North Carolina Central, maybe a little disappointed to be here and you know not getting ready to pack up and head to Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. But if you can't play in the Celebration Bowl, playing for the National Championships is a pretty good consolation prize, right? I, I mean, I, I think I'd be okay with that. But Davias Richard and the Richmond Spiders defense. Richmond has given up some points this season. Now, they've been okay defensively. They have been a little suspect in the past defense, which doesn't bode well for them. And Richmond has run the ball pretty well, especially with their fine mobile quarterback. So, this ball game intrigues me. Central can do a lot of things on offense. Can their defense hold up against Richmond? And if you're a Richmond, do you just try to run the football, eat the clock, keep Richard off the field? I think that's going to be their recipe for success. I'm not sure if they can do it, but I- I've said it many times this season and so have you. I don't go against davius Richard a whole bunch because there's just no money in it, sir. He's a fine player. I think the Eagles may have an edge here.
1: I'm super nervous for North Carolina Central to be completely honest with you, Kev. I don't think they're as well-rounded as Richmond. I don't think they're as hot as Richmond. The one thing they do have going for them is Davies Richard. If he wants to play like his tail is on fire, yeah, they can win this ballgame. I just think four quarters is going to be the struggle for them. Keeping a lead, I think, is going to be a struggle for them. They're flashy. They got the guys. They can straight up clown Richmond if they wanted to, but Richmond is just a better football team. That's the secret to nobody. So I'm nervous for North Carolina Central. I'll be picking North Carolina Central in the pick segment, but out of all of the matchups that we're getting at in the preview segment, I am most nervous for North Carolina Central. because I do not think they're as complete of a team as everybody else. That
0: is worthy. Drake is at North Dakota State. Now, when you're talking about the automatic qualifiers, you got me on this one, all right? I'm with you on this one, all right? Uh, This game doesn't need to happen. Uh, We've seen this game before. You know, no offense to Drake. Uh, You know Those guys practice, they play hard, but they're going to be overmatched. And this happens to the Pioneer League champion just about every year when they're not named San Diego and they're not playing Northern Arizona. I don't believe there's a whole lot to see here. I think NDSU uh, blows the doors off of Drake and is uh, sitting those starters somewhere around seven minutes to go in the third quarter.
1: I hear you, and I will try to keep this short and sweet. It is an embarrassment that a team that is in the playoffs – is an underdog by 37 points. It makes the FCS look bad. Something needs to be done, period. That's that's all I got to say. They're, they're plus 37 in the FCS playoffs. It's not a good look. It's not a good product. Hate it. That's all I got.
0: Chattanooga is at Austin P, and the winner of this one goes to Greenville to take on the number seven Furman Paladins. The Mox, good football team. This is a matchup of two pretty good quarterbacks, Stone. I know you really like the Austin P signal caller. Had him on the show last year. He's a friend of the show. But Austin p has been under the radar a little bit too, Stone. You know, some people have had them ranked a little higher than we have I was kind of late to the party on the governors uh this year and that's my fault but Austin a good football team they're at home but we all know how the first round games go right you want to host it you put in a good bid if you're Chattanooga and your whole thing for this season was to make the playoffs how'd you let Austin P outbid you I don't understand that I really don't you're a southern conference team that's kind of embarrassing to me But beside the point, talking about the football game, matchup of two pretty good quarterbacks, Chattanooga's got some dudes on that defensive line. Austin P has some dudes at the skill position. This is a good matchup. This is going to be a good football game. Yeah, this
1: game is solely on the governor quarterback, Mike Delillo. He's a stud. He's a star. He's all of the things that I can list. But Chattanooga's defense is no joke. They're going to fire him up, dial up a lot of pressures, exotic ones too, early and often. That's what they do. That's why they're good. That's why they ended up going the distance with Western Carolina. Because defensively, they're just a really good football team. I know that sounds funny, right? Because they let Western Carolina score 52 points. But that was just one of those games, right? It turned into basketball on turf. But I, I think this game solely rides on Mike Delello. If he plays well, they'll win. If he doesn't, they'll lose. It, I think it's as simple as that. When you look at this matchup, if Mike Delello can play some good football, Mr. Number 12, they'll win this ball game. I like Austin P in this spot. And I'm a huge fan of Chattanooga, to be completely honest with you. I think that the governors just have too much going right now.
0: Duquesne is at Youngstown State, the winner to number 8 seed Villanova. Youngstown State, one of those teams that You know, even though they weren't one of the last four in, I don't think, you know, their their victories hadn't been all that impressive and in their losses, they haven't looked all that great. I think the best team Youngstown State beat all season was Southern Illinois, who we're not convinced is any good. Right. So it's uh, this is some of that valley, uh, you know, benefit of the doubt. And I understand it. The conference has earned it. Well, a couple of teams in that conference have earned it. I'm not sure about the rest of them, you know, sort of riding on the coattails there. But okay. They're in here. Duquesne's going to come and play them. Duquesne is a champion of the Northeast Conference. This is a conference that limits scholarships to 45. So they're at a disadvantage there with Youngstown having 63. Um, I don't believe this will be a Drake NDSU situation. Duquesne is better than that. But I don't expect this one to be a particularly good football game. I expect Youngstown State, if they really are a playoff team and and really belong here, to handle that business against Duquesne and do it by multiple touchdowns.
1: Yeah, Youngstown's favored by three of those touchdowns that you speak of, Kev. uh, this one's tough to even speak about. I do th- I do want to go on record and say that Youngstown State, the only reason they're in the playoffs is because they beat Southern Illinois, right? You get six Valley teams in. If they didn't hold that head-to-head, I don't think they'd have any business here because of some of their results with the big dogs, right? When you look at Southern Illinois, and that, that South Dakota State game, this is nothing Homer-related. They lost 17-10, to 10 and they had their chances to actually beat the Jackrabbits in that spot. Youngstown State didn't even find pay dirt, didn't even put the pigskin through the pipes, not once in that ball game. So there are a few things riding here. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Mitch Davidson, the signal caller for the Penguins. Hopefully he goes off. And if he can get in rhythm, this team's good. This team's good. I, I like Youngstown State for him. And I think they'll go as far as he wants to take them.
0: It's time for us to take a timeout. In just a little while, it'll be the pick segment. I know you're going to want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio networks now time for the pick segment. Stone Lobanowitz, round one of the FCS playoffs. Let's get to it, brother. Up first, Gardner-Webb, is that Mercer with the winner of this ball game Going to number one, South Dakota State. Yeah, I
1: like Mercer here. I think Gardner-Webb puts up a good fight. I think the Bears get out of here 31-30 and move on to the next round.
0: Interesting matchup here between the running Bulldogs, the Gardner-Webb, and the Mercer Bears. Gardner-Webb has the playoff experience, like I mentioned, when they won a game on the road. First ever playoff appearance for Mercer. Are the Bears just glad to be here, Stone? When you aim a whole season at a goal and you achieve it, is it not often anticlimactic when you get there? Well, I'm no psychiatrist. I'm a football radio host, and I think Mercer's better. So take the Bears to win at home over Gardner-Webb, 31-28. Lafayette is at Delaware.
1: Yeah, I like Delaware big time here i'm gonna go 30 to 10 they're favored by double digits i think they win this game by double digits i think delaware has had some soul searching to do and they'll beat up on lafayette lafayette's a a football team right so what 30 to uh, 10 they win
0: fighting blue hands of delaware coming to the playoffs losing two of their last three games including a whipping from villanova last week not the way you want to enter the playoffs lafayette has some players especially on the offensive side of the ball but i expect delaware to win here at home at the tub Take the fighting blue hands of Delaware over Lafayette, 28-17. Sacramento State is at North Dakota.
1: Now, I'm in no way, shape, or form confident in this pick, but I'm going with the Sac State Hornets. I think the Hornets win this ballgame 30-27 to in walk-off fashion.
0: Anybody who's listened to this show knows that I'm not real high on Sac State. Anybody who's listened to this show knows that Stone Labanowitz feels that way about North Dakota. But for the fighting Hawks, it's pretty darn simple, y'all. If Tommy Schuster plays well, they usually win the game. And in Grand Forks, Tommy Schuster. Usually plays pretty darn well. So take the Fighting Hawks at home over Sacramento State, 27-24. Nichols is at Southern Illinois.
1: Hey, give me the Saluki, though, because I think the dogs roll. think got enough offensively. I don't think Nichols does. I'm going Saluki's 38-14.
0: Colonels are a decent team from a bad conference, and the Salukis are a decent team from a good conference. The Saluki defense will need to have an excellent game coming up and tackling, especially their secondary guys, and I believe they will. I believe they get it done. I believe they answer finally some of the questions that Stone LeBanowitz and I have about them. So take the Salukis at home over Nichols, 31-20. to North Carolina Central is at Richmond.
1: I said in the preview segment that if North Carolina Central wins, it's because Davius Richards. I'm not getting away from that. This is definitely a stay-away game for me, so don't take my advice if you're thinking about doing what I think you're doing. I-, I like the Eagles, though, 37-31 in what is a really good football game, dare I say, the best of the weekend.
0: I agree, and this is my upset special of the week, even though the Spiders come in here hotter than the hinges on the gates of Hades. they've won six in a row stone defense has been pretty solid but they haven't met up with anyone like davius richard from north carolina central the spiders will try and run the ball and shorten the game I don't believe they can do it. Upset special of the week number one, which maybe means there's going to be a second one. Take North Carolina Central over Richmond, 27-26. It's Drake, Drake, everybody. It's Drake. Drake is at North Dakota State.
1: All right. Score prediction here. I'm going out on a limb with this one. Bear with me. 76 to negative six. Uh, I think Drake finds a way to get safety three times uh, for negative six points. I I think the buys run away with this one, Kev. I'm going fifty five seven. If you really made me pick a score. I'll say this about North Dakota State. I'll stay away from Drake. I've said enough. North Dakota State is plus 700 to get this thing done. The books know. The committee knows. And I think everybody's about to remember. North Dakota State's going to play really good football. They'll dial in. They'll do the things that they need to do. There are plenty of kids on this roster who played in a national championship game last January. So these same feelings, being in the environment they know best, and that's their place up in Fargo, I like them. I like them to make a push. I think they're quarterfinals bound. Like the buys in the playoffs, Kev, and I haven't been too high on them all season long, but here we are. It's November. You know what that means.
0: I hate the Drake here. Take North Dakota State at home in the Fargo Dome over Drake 58 to three. Chattanooga is at Austin P. This is
1: a sneaky number two for the game of the week. I think both of these teams have something up their sleeve for each other. I think Austin P hotter than Fish Grease. Chattanooga, been hot, really good football team. More well-rounded than P, but I think with Mike Delillo behind center. They got the goods and they're able to pull this thing off. So give me the governors thirty-three to twenty-seven.
0: Not me, sir. Uh look, Ooh. and I know why you wanted to pick Austin P here because you had to practice saying Mike DeLillo to interview him on the show last year to find quarterback for Austin P. But there's one quarterback that you're forgetting about in this game. That's Chattanooga quarterback Chase Artopius. And the reason why you didn't want to pick Chattanooga is that you didn't want to try to say his last name. It's Artopius. Chase Artopius. Believe me, you'll know it after Saturday. The question in this one is which defense is going to get enough stops for their offense to win this thing? Uh, Look, I I think that Chat has that better group on the defensive side of the ball. And chaos has reigned supreme lately in the football championship subdivision. And I don't see why that stops now. Upset special of the week number two. Take Chattanooga on the road over Austin P 21-20. to 20. Duquesne is at Youngstown State.
1: Give me the Penguins, 42-14. Uh, I got my eyes on you, Mitch Davidson. I wanted you on the show to be a stone-cold quarterback. You just didn't get the results down the stretch. Not that you weren't worthy of me picking you on the show. It just you know, wasn't going to be popular. I would have taken some heat for it, but I love you. I think 14's got what it takes. I think Youngstown State puts on a show. I think there have been some question marks about this team. Playing some of the big dogs. Can they contend? I think they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder. They got something to show everybody. Duquesne, the Dukes are a good team to kind of treat as a pinata, so I think they'd run up the score on them. 42-14 and what's a runaway for the Penguins?
0: The NEC champion Duquesne rolls into Youngstown, Ohio, and they're going to limp out with an take the penguins out take the penguins at home over duquesne 42 to 10
1: all right kev just want to put some of the upset specials on record it'll obviously be in our show tweet but for those who didn't catch it and can't rewind because it is of course live radio folks kevin going with north carolina central over richmond richmond in that game favored by six points also, Kev, going with the Chattanooga Mocs on top of the Austin P Governors. Austin P favored by a touchdown. I like those two, Kev. I myself went with Sac State over North Dakota as my one upset special of the week. North Dakota favored by three and a hook. But for you, sir, North Carolina Central and Chattanooga. If you had to pick one, which one do you have more confidence in?
0: The Chattanooga Mocs. This is a team that has been oh so close several times against Western Carolina and against Furman. Rusty Wright didn't even gather his boys for the selection show for them to watch it together because they've been let down the last couple seasons with how they've performed down the stretch and they played themselves out of the playoffs. I think this is a group that once they're here, they're going to make a little bit of a run. I like Chattanooga in this one. That would be my upset special. Say the Chattanooga quarterback's name.
1: That is Austin Artopotamus. Uh, He is... Nice. really good ball you player got,
0: you got neither of those two right but you know what this is a that's a great point to end the show love you bro <laughs> and that brings us to the end of another episode of fcs nation on the palmetto radio network fcs nation is produced by mr stone Lebanowitz and also stone Lebanowitz co-host this program i'm executive producer and host kevin marshall thanking you for making fcs nation a small part of your football week like always do y'all i like to remind you that life's a lot like football You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.